When it comes to Tisha B'Av, we all sit on the floor, and what do we say? Eicha. Eicha yuam zahav. How could it be that the gold became so cheap? Eicha, how could it be yuam became cheap zahav, the gold? Yishne hakesem atoyev, that the most valuable gold lost its value. The precious stones are hanging out like bums at the head of the street corners. What does it mean? It's, it's falling out. The precious stones. What precious stones? Says Rashi. It's referring to our children. Our children that once came home with beautiful marks and Tamar HaShavua and Tamar HaChaydish, our children that once shined like sparkling precious gems. And now, the precious stones are hanging out like bums at the head of the street corners. How could it be that these things that had such a value are acting in such a way that it makes them look so worthless, like cheap earthen pitchers created by simple potters. We have to know that these children are gold. And we also have to know that if they're not at home, it's our fault. Our TP kids are home. Our TP kids are not thrown, strewn about to be left on their own, as we heard tonight so many testimonies. It's up to us to decide if they have a home, where they're comfortable, or they're homeless. And when they're homeless, they're going to be we have to open our homes. We have to know how to treat them according to the Torah, according to the Derech HaTorah, according to the Chazanish, not to reject them, God forbid, and according to the Baal Shem Tev, according to all the other G'dayim that we have. When we go outside and we see these kids smoking on Shabbos out by the lakes, out by the parks, I look there and I say, how did this happen? How did this happen? But not like what other people say. Other people say, how did it happen that these great kids are, are, are Michal Shabbos and on the street? And I say, how did it happen that Jewish parents let their kids feel so uncomfortable at home that they have to find solace and friendship in a park? How did it happen that they're on the streets? I know they're struggling. I know they're suffering. But Eicha, how could it be that Jewish parents are burying their kids? How can it be that Jewish parents are making a Jewish kid feel, I don't like you. I can't take this. When every Torah giant and leader says to do the opposite, every single Torah leader, wherever you go, whether you're Litvish, Hasidish, you're Svaradish, doesn't matter. They all gave us direction, and yet, of course, it's painful and difficult, but how can it be? How can it be? I go outside and I see kids, and, and they say, everybody hates us. Everybody hates, everybody looks down at us. Eicha. Why are they on Bereish Kochutzais? Why are they thrown out on the street to fend for themselves? Why are girls having to find sources of income because daddy and mommy can't give them money because we don't like the way you're dressing or we don't like what you're, what you're doing with the money and they have to do much worse things to get money, girls and boys. Like we heard tonight, kid had to sell drugs, right? Had to sell drugs to get money because daddy and mommy wouldn't give him money. Meanwhile, they came here, they did what they had to do and the kid is not selling drugs, not doing illegal activities, and he's not using, he's not using drugs. So I look outside and I say, what is happening here? What would the Baal Shem Tev say? What would, what would the Rebbe say? What would any Rosh Hashiva say if he walked outside and he would gra- gather all these kids on the street and say, why aren't you home? Oh, my father l- clutches his heart every time he sees me. 
Right? My mother cries by the left, you know, like I'm Hitler. And, and meanwhile, these are Nebuch, imshilded kids. These kids we all know are hurt. And when they're smart and they're sweet. And if you just makar of them and you're not judgmental, you draw them into your life and into your home. That's the Echa that I say. Echa tishtapech na'avnei kodesh. What are they doing by the parks? What are they doing by the lakes? Because they don't feel comfortable at home. If you look outside in Bar Park or in wherever these places are, you'll see hundreds of kids and then you'll see a few TP kids there and then they go home like 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. They're not out because they don't need to be. The, par- the, the guides on the street, the mentors on the street tell me, immediately we could tell if a kid has parents by you or not. The kids who have TP parents, they feel loved and warmth at home. They don't have to stay out. Maybe they'll go out if it's comfortable. If not, they go home. The ones who don't, they don't want to go home. They're going to get a beating. Hatzalah and Shomer are called, I, I, I don't want to exaggerate, once a day, seven times a week for sure, of domestic violence between parents fighting with their kids. My friend is the head of Shomer in the Flatbush. They have 20 members that are trained for domestic violence of parents, of, of any kind of domestic violence. And I asked him, how many do you have? He has several calls just in Flatbush. A week of parents physical fighting with the kids. Kids physically fighting with the parents. I asked him, did you ever get a call from one of my parents? No. You won't find any Atzalo or Shomer member that's going to say that TP parents who are, who are listening or semi-listening even, that their kids are, are, uh, that they have to, they need Hatzalah and Shomrim because of domestic violence. So I look around and I'm like, what? You have so many kids by the lake? You have so many kids by the park? Where are we? If we went there, not to march out and sing against them, if we went there and did what our tzaddikim would do, they would all melt. There's a thousand of them, there's a hundred thousand of us. People say, let's go out with Harbor Shluth. Those days are gone. We don't kill anybody anymore. Go out with your, uh, with your hugs. Take your friends and go out with your kids and go out with your friends and go out and be Makar of them. And they love it. Thank God. They want our acceptance. Like she said tonight, they want our acceptance. If they didn't want us for real, I would have no medicine. They're dying for us to come. They're going to look at you. What? And they're going to see through your eyes. They're going to see your heart. If your heart is Emma's tired heart that doesn't judge them, doesn't look down at them, has compassion for them, has mercy for them, they're going to be so happy to see you. And these are, these are the mentors, like what you people are here. So many mentors on the street that you have that compassionate heart. How did my Sherbena become a leader? Not because he was very smart. He saw what was going on. Rashi brings down a medrash. What does it say? Nasan Enoi. He, he, he gave his heart over, his eyes and his heart, to care about them. How do you go home Friday night and just have your meal and close the door and go to sleep when there are Avne Kaidesh that are strewn about as if they feel that nobody cares about them? And then, there's a suicide. Oy! How many suicides are there? Almost one a day. Oh, he's so terrible. Are we going to say, Could we say that we're not responsible? We need an Agla Rufa. If we all went and did what the Baal Shem Tev taught us to do, what the Chazan, any, any, uh, it doesn't matter where you're from. And we did what we're supposed to do in this dar, swamp them with caring people, bring them food, bring them love, bring them, show them we accept you. Oh, I'm scared. Uh, we've come up with new, new Tyra, new age Tyra. 
Look at authentic Torah. I'm putting together a book. I have over 5,000 different Torah and stories of authentic Gedolim on how to deal with this. And yet it happens and parents and everybody freak, like, freak out and zero, like as if it never happened before, we have no idea. Yeah, we have, we have a Messiah of how to deal with this problem. And love is not a dirty four-letter American word. It's, it's throughout, it's throughout, throughout, throughout. Only with love, only with love, and without judgment, and with supplying and supporting, and however you want to do it, get it done. Because that's really the Tishabov that I have. So how do we have kids that grew up in our community and think the community hates them? And think that they're worthless? How did we, how did we let that happen to our kids? They struggle. Yes, and because of their pain, they have different color here. Yes. And they're not, yes. And they don't, yes. I got it. I got the problem. But what happened to us as a community to be the solution? Who's going to be the solution if not us? We have so, so such success at saving kids. So we have to create an army. You have to create an army. And it has to start with you. You have to teach your friends that we don't just ignore them. These are our kids. And if we did that, there wouldn't be all these kids on the street. There would be, 90% would be home and they would get better and we wouldn't have this pull from the street and the anger and all these organizations that, that the, that the Friar kids who were rejected. You know how much pain we have in Cholesterol from kids who were rejected against the Torah? Kids who were rejected against the Torah and left for dead and then they, they somehow didn't die and they create an organization and then we have a big problem now. You know how much, how much we're suffering from these people? It's our fault. It's our fault. We didn't medicate them. We didn't treat them properly. When they showed issues and problems, we used rejection. We used small daicha. And we didn't do the right thing. And that's al-za'a For me, that's tishabav. All the kids that are dead, from suicide, from overdose, hundreds a year, hundreds of parents burying their kids that didn't have to be. <coughs> Hashem has his cheshbin, but apiteva, we know what works, didn't need to be. Didn't need to be very, very sad. Just there was a suicide last week, and the parents I accepted them to the group like a while back. They never came. Uh, everything's bashert, but you know the kids, kids gone. I don't know why they didn't come. Whatever. And I'm not saying that if they, I'm just we never had a suicide. Leanne her, David she's a vital health, and and this kid you know killed herself. So we have to really cry for the kids who are who are gone, and we have to cry for the kids who are. They're waiting for us. They're so open to it. Just they look, they don't trust us. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna end with this story. I've said it many times, but it's, it just really brings it out. It's a true story. All my stories are true. It was before Rosh Hashanah, Friday night, and I told my kids for chinuch purposes, I wanted to be mechanach them. I said, we need schusim before Yantif. We need schusim for, before Rosh Hashanah. Who could say, who doesn't need an extra schus? So what are we going to do? Friday night, instead of whatever we were going to do, even learning, let's go out, let's go to the parks, let's go out to the park and to go visit the sick, to go raise up the broken. It's not a mitzvah, it's a mitzvah. So I took my my 20, I had two kids, 21 and 17, I think, or 20 and 16, I took them with me. I don't want to go to the big park. There's two parks. One of them has like 60 to 100 kids. I don't want to overwhelm them. So I went to the small one. 
And as we got closer, there was a boy and a girl walking. The girl was not really dressed too much, and I saw cigarettes in their hands. And as he got like a half a block away, I guess he saw him walking towards them, and I saw the hand go behind his back, which according to the Mishnah Brewer, means that he's not a Mechal Shabbos Befasya. It says a rabbi or something. That I'm not. He's even, you know, they're not. And as they passed, I walked past them. I said, good Shabbos. They said, good Shabbos. Went to the park, there were about 20 kids there, about 10 boys, about 10 girls. And they were smoking and, and doing drugs and hutskinning around. And I sat down next to a boy, I sat down at a table, a little round table, on the outdoor concrete tables. What do you want to play? <laughs> Alexa, stop. And I had my two boys over here, and I sat down next to this kid, he looked like 14, 15 years old, wild blonde hair, eyes were red. He looked like he was drunk, high, I don't know what. And I just thought, hi, how you doing? What's your name? Where do you live? I live here. Schmoozing, a couple minutes. And another kid saw this guy's talking to, to some strangers. His friend is talking. He came over and he came over before. Mom, it's like five, ten minutes. They were all by me. All the boys. Actually, the girls weren't. But the boys were. I had three guys behind me. One kid was such a nice-looking boy, 17-year-old, cute boy. Looked like one of my kids. And he just got out of jail. Because his parents threw him out of the house. And when he broke in, broke into his house to get money or so, or passport or license, whatever, they called the police, they threw him in jail. Okay, Nabuch. And I just wanted to adopt all of them. I call them puppies. Sweetest kids. Like, like, ay, so misunderstood, you know? And they're, they're strewn about, like as if they're worthless. So I'm sitting next to this kid, I'm schmoozing with all these guys, a couple of minutes goes by. And he goes to me, he turns to me, he says, he says to me, wait a second, why are you being so nice to us? Everybody hates us. That was the statement. Their impression is that everybody, the whole community, hates them. Who gave them that impression? We did. Parents walking by with their kids and telling the kids, don't look, you know, walking around or whatever, as if they're, as if they're worthless pieces of garbage. Hmm? Lepers. Lepers. right? Rahman al-Litzlan. That's the impression that we gave them. So he tells me, wait a second. Hang on. Why are you being nice to us? Everybody hates us. Now, I don't know why I did what I did. I have no idea. I turned to him. I took off my glasses. And I said, look in my eyes. I said, look in my eyes. What do you see? Look in my eyes. <laughs> Alexa. Stop. She's out of control tonight. Never had this before. So I don't know why I said this to him. I turned to him and I said, look into my eyes. What do you see? I have no idea why I said it. This 15-year-old punk, right? This drunken red, I don't know what he was smoking, what he was drinking. His eyes were like, ugh. He looks in my eyes. You don't have to go to a chacham. He looks into my eyes and he says the following words. He goes, you don't hate us. You're not a bad guy. He could see because the eyes are the gateway to the soul. And he was somehow able to see the truth, that I don't hate him. I don't look down at him. I feel very bad for him. In fact, I'm sure that if I went through what he went through, I would be a lot worse than him. And I I believe in him. I believe in them. It's the truth. And that's it. That's all we need to do. They're going to say, what are you doing here? What are, and you're going to say, I just came to chill. I just came. I wanted to see you. 
Can I get you a drink? Can I invite you for a meal? The Shiva of Chaim Berlin. The Shiva of Chaim Berlin. Zolzayin Gezunt. Reb Aaron Shechter. Zolzayin Gezunt. Shlita. He went outside Friday night. He was going somewhere to a simcha. He saw four Jewish boys smoking on Shabbos. What did he do? Scream at them? Shabbos! He went over. He said, boys! In English, boys! I love you. I love you. That's what he said. Boys, I love you. If there's ever anything I can do for you, don't hesitate to come to me. That Sunday, one of those four boys came knocking on the Rosh Hashiva's door. I want to get better. Can you help me? And with the help of the Rosh Hashiva, he went to Yeshiva and he became Shemitah Mitzvah. The attitude of Torah is, I'm here to help you. The attitude of Torah is, we love you. But as a community, Eicha, how is this possible that we messed up so bad that we give the impression to these Helig and Neshamas that are Helig Elika Mimal Mamish that we think, we give them the impression that we think that they are junk. That's the, that's what I feel. I feel bad for them, but I feel worse for us. Because we're failing as a community to do what our tzaddikim, authentic gedolim, taught us to do. I had a Rav who was arguing with me, no, the parents shouldn't this and that. I said, until the Rabbi, where, where are you from? Where are you from? He's a musmuch of Tarevadas. So I said, hold on. I sent him what Rav Pam Zatzal writes exactly what to do. His Rosh Hashiva. So here we have a Rav that's giving the opposite of advice of his Rosh Hashiva. I said, is, is that what it says? Can we do it together? We learned it together. Right? It's two pages. It's not long. We're going to do it tomorrow in the training. I said, so that's what I'm saying to do. Is that wrong? You're right. The problem is they, they don't even know the Maramakaimis. They don't know the Sugya. We we kind of got under a black cloud that we're like defensive. You know, like if I'm gonna show him he's okay, why should he ever change? Uh the Chazanish knew that. And he said, pull them in with ropes of love and don't reject them. The Vashemtav knew that and he said, everybody knew that. It's the medicine. So we have to really, really cry. How could it be that the gold that they feel that they're not gold. That we made them feel that they're not gold. I don't care if they struggle. They're still They're still gold. Who made this neshama feel worthless? Was it somebody in school? Was, was it an adult? Was it a father? Was it a mother? Was it a neighbor? Who called this nebuch? You hear? Adults off the derech, they say, shiksa, goita. That's the way you talk to a chelikolikamimal. That's not our, our belief system. That's not authentic Torah. Who made this struggling soul feel that we think you're worthless? I'm not saying they think it because of whatever and their struggles, but we should go ahead and we should be off the derech and make them feel that we look down at them, that we think they have no value. What happened to our chenuch? Also, ich